I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode here at That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. And I'm your host. I'm your guide, your mentor, and instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. And we're getting into it today. I'm excited. I was inspired by the upcoming transits next week and also the big bad V-Day, Valentine's Day. I couldn't help myself. Needed to address the big love elephant in the room. So what I decided to bring everybody today on this beautiful, beautiful Friday, February 11th, I hope this finds you well wherever you are today. Um, I didn't want to just do an episode on love spells. So I decided to combine it with breakup spells. (laughs) Because honestly, in my opinion, I don't think there's anything wrong with either one. And I think that they are best understood and best learned together. Uh, And so instead of bashing love and love spells, or instead of saying it's, you can't, you can't use magic to break up with people or banish them or whatever. We're just going to do both. We're going to teach you how to do both today. (laughs) I'm going to be that rebel without a cause. So when it comes to historical evidence and, and origins of both of these types of magic, I really don't think that we could narrow this down to a particular date, particular time, particular group of people or culture. Um, this is very much human nature, human desires. And and that's the realm that we're in. This is very much in us. We, we love and we don't love. (laughs) We want to attract and we want to repel. We want to attach and we want to detach. And all of it serves its own purpose. All of it exists for their own divine reason. And so I do want to start off by kind of addressing the great debate, if you will, and kind of addressing some some disclaimers here. So what you're not going to find here is is some place that's going to, or some person that's going to offer you a bunch of empty, disgenuine, or disgenuineness. (laughs) I can't say it, disingenuine. Um, empty-headed reassurance or fake validation that you should stay with somebody or you should go after somebody or you should definitely break up with somebody or definitely not. No matter what, when it comes to matters of love and attraction and lust and and cord cutting and banishing and binding and, and any of that, Um, the bottom line is this is you and yours. Okay. For the most part, the person who's going to incur the brunt of any type of consequences for practicing super messy, mindless, just straight up harmful and unethical magic, it's going to be on that person. And I'll be honest, unless you find yourself as a person trying to constantly manipulate, you know, manipulate your environment or manipulate yourself to fit into the needs or wants or desires of others, or that could even include societies. You know, that that's a whole different topic of conversation. And no, I wouldn't recommend love magic for you necessarily. Wouldn't recommend any kind of attachment or detachment magic and witchcraft for you because we are working in the emotional realm here. And 
you know, you can uh, make things a whole lot worse for yourself when you're ignoring your soul's path and you, meaning your own growth. And you're not minding your own fucking business, basically. You know what I mean? When And everybody has encountered at least a person like this in their life that is totally and completely self-unaware and, and emotionally manipulates their community and their loved ones or, or just people in general that they come into contact with for their own gain. They have no regard for any kind of of uh, different experience that other people may be having and how they may be impacting that. Unless you feel that you might potentially be falling into that category, overall, chances are is that you fall into the much broader and bigger and more common category, which is you're a human and therefore an imperfect human and an imperfect being. And our intentions are not always perfectly pure and our mindfulness is not always perfectly crystal clear. But are you putting your best forward? Do you have the highest good in mind for all? I mean, if that's the case, you're probably going to be fine, honestly. So don't be afraid of either of these types of magic. And by the way, the biggest thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I'm really inspired to do this episode because of Valentine's Day. <laughs> it just makes me laugh and we'll get into that. But, um, but I also wanted to make note that this, this concept and this type of magic is not even remotely exclusive to romantic relationships. This is anything. Attraction is attraction. You know, drawing something near to you is what it is, no matter what that is that you're trying to attract. Um, cutting a cord or detaching from something or banishing or binding something <clears throat> doesn't have to be, you know, uh, an ex-partner or whatever, somebody that you want to break up with or somebody that was abusing you, or it doesn't have to, it can be meaning in a romantic relationship. These concepts can also be applied to many areas of our life, uh, namely business. And I think that this gets a little dicey and I think that people get a little nervous and, I, I want you to know right then and there, when you start feeling that way, like, oh, Danny, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about using magic to my advantage that way. Number one, two things. Number one, that right there, hi, my love, that shows me that you have good checks and balances. You have a good moral compass. You're checking in with yourself to make sure, like, do I feel right with this? Is this aligned? Does this feel ethical to me and my morals and my values? So right off the bat, doing great. And number two, um, it's all about how you practice this magic. So we'll get into that more and more as we go. But just keep in mind that using alluring or attraction objects, tools, and correspondences, working with those kinds of deities, doing those kinds of rituals to attract more aligned dream clients to your business or to sweeten up a, a client pitch that you are going to be doing or, or to help soften up and sweeten a, a difficult work relationship that you are, are having a hard time with, but it's, it's a relationship that you, you know, you have to experience regularly in order to do your job. You know what I mean? We all, we all have some of those people. When we have like uh, people that we don't vibe super well with or we just have a hard time, we feel like they they have a hard time seeing who we really are. And maybe we want to, again, soften up the energy, sweeten up the energy around the situation. That's when we can start bringing in some of this type of loving magic, okay? Now, that being said... When you perform attraction spells, namely obsession spells or spells of worship that you tried to cast on someone to, to develop those kinds of feelings for you, I think that you need to really, really sit with... <clears throat> 
the long-term potential effects, because obviously you can't know for sure. But I would make sure that I would want that person to have those feelings in the long term, that I would be able to have that, I could have the capacity to to be with, right, somebody that felt that way. So you need to keep in mind and ask yourself lots and lots of challenging questions throughout this type of of magic. And that's the main reason why I don't think see anything wrong with it. I think that if you are somebody who practices regular shadow work and mindfulness and self-awareness, that you can very ethically and effectively practice love and and banishing <clears throat> witchcraft without like dooming yourself to all kinds of of consequences. This magic exists and has existed for like multi-millennia. So it's around for a reason. You know what I mean? It's not inherently evil. Remember what we always say around here that it's never, you know, we don't blame the tool. It's not the tool that's inherently evil. It is how the user uses said tool. Okay. And, and the energy that goes into that. So, uh, I do also want to say that as far as well, all of these concepts go as well, that this can be applied to self and other or others. You don't have to apply this information. A, like I said, it doesn't have to be romantic specifically in general and romantically related. And B, um, you can practice this with you and another person with, uh, multiple people. Again, if this is like doing attraction magic and incorporating that into your brand strategy, for example, um, that's also a form of like glamour magic. Glamour magic can be um, a very multifaceted type of magic. And one of those facets can be an attraction uh, function. And then we also want to remember that this can be used within the self, both love and love invoking magic as well as as cord cutting there are toxic patterns and cycles that we've developed and as we move through our shadow work as we move through stages of our life and heal and face trauma and wounds and things like that there are very many opportunities to to do self cord cuttings, to remove your attachment from all kinds of things. But for an example of an internal cord cutting could be to remove yourself from an old and established and now very stagnant and harmful thought pattern, right? A, a negative self-dialogue that you've had on repeat for a decade. And now it's time you're going to cut the cord with that voice. That is something that doesn't take place anywhere outside of yourself, okay? That's a form of self-cord-cutting magic. So uh, <clears throat> I just want to let you know that this is all very, very broad, and <clears throat> it is for a reason. I want you to be able to apply this to all kinds of areas, not just love, which brings me to me laughing about Valentine's Day. Okay, the reason I laugh about Valentine's Day Oh my God, it's just such a big deal on all fronts. I'm going to just soapbox for a quick second. I don't care if you love it or you hate it. If you feel that strongly about it to let it dictate that much of your energy, baby, you're putting way too much power into a concept, an idea, okay? So if you feel really, really strongly, uh, I hope that you listen to the Moonday Musings episode coming out on Monday, on Valentine's Day, on the 14th, because I talk about it on there. But I also give some really, really good heart healing tips, information, and an exercise as well. And I also included some questions that I want you to ask yourself in your journal or just during your introspective time. If you do find yourself as someone who feels very strongly one way or the other about 
Valentine's Day. Um, and it's okay to remind yourself this might be because of conditioning and, and maybe that's the route that you explore. Okay. But I do, I do want to make note of that because, um, when we're talking about love and breakup spells, my love, I need you to like step the fuck into your power. This is not the kind of magic to practice when you're like being wishy-washy or hesitant or unsure or confused. That most often is where these things go wrong. I, I, that's what I personally see. I don't, I don't think that there are just droves and droves of unethical, terrible, evil people out there casting all these terrible, unethical love spells and obsession spells on people. No, the reason that that's a common problem is because there's a lot of confused and hurt people doing it coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of pain. And therefore that's a messy and that's confusing and that's foggy. And first of all, that's never a headspace that you want to be in when you're manifesting, when you're doing spell work, you do not want to be in a confused or hesitant space. If you feel that way, even if you're like mid ritual, it's okay to stop. If you're mid reading, like tarot reading with yourself, anything like that, it's okay to stop and say, um, yeah, I'm a little, little, um, caught up in the cloud right now. I, I'm a little stuck in the fog and the confusion and now is not a good time. I need to do some more clarity work. You can do clarity work through more shadow work. You can do clarity work through cleansing and, and there's, again, that's a whole other, whole other branch, but you do want to make sure that when you're doing this kind of magic, that you're in your power, you're in your confidence, you are sure of you what you want. You do feel really solid and really, really grounded so that this magic, which is very deep and very profound, is as effective as possible and is in your highest interest, quite honestly. That's when we really run into the issue. Um, I do, let's see here. So what I want to do is we're going to be talking about, we're going to kind of categorize love stuff and breakup stuff. We're going to go over some color magic, some different crystals associated with each one, different astro tips I have for each one, different deities you can work with, as well as some herbs. And then we'll uh, go over some brief resources at the very, very end. Before we get into that, I do want to say that I personally find this type of magic very personal. I find matters of attachments to be very, very personal. I call it the Scorpio stellium in me, which is valid, touche. But I feel very strongly about performing this magic by myself. And the only time I don't practice it by myself is if I'm a, like including the other person. So like if I'm doing some kind of love magic and I'm including my husband, my partner in on that, or, um, let's say there's some really big banishing spell or ritual that I want to do. And I want to ask a couple of my friends to join in with me to really raise and boost extra power and confidence. That's another scenario. What I mean is that I don't ask other people to perform this type of magic for me. And even if you feel inexperienced and not able to do it yourself, I'm going to just be blunt with you and tell you that I don't think you should do it. I think that it should be done by you. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, then it probably shouldn't be done. And lastly, PSA, stop asking your readers and your spiritual advisors to run your love life. Stop asking the cards if you should break up with somebody. Stop it. 99% of the time, that somebody asks that question, the person who's asking it already knows the answer. And when you give them that answer, they're going to keep avoiding it just like they've been avoiding it all of this time. The only reason they keep asking it is because, drum roll please, they keep ignoring it. They keep avoiding it. And so that's why it won't go away. That's why that buzzing question won't stop bothering them. Their guides and their intuition keep 
poking at them. It's time to get away. And they are ignoring that or, you know, or it's time to take the leap or whatever it is that they're asking about. This is why I really, really think this type of work, whether it's, it's divination and it's really looking into a big decision you're making in, in a relationship, again, whether romantic or otherwise, any kind of big, big decision or big boy spell, right? I, I would do lots and lots of introspective work on that leading up to it. It's, this is not the type of stuff that I, that I practice on a whim, if you will. Okay. So be conscious, be smart, be patient, take your effing time building your power, building your knowledge, building your confidence before you practice this type of magic. It's not like intimidating and that something bad's going to happen to you. It's that folks, there are just some things that only you should do. Like, I'm going to say something so, I'm going to just say something so vulnerable and cringy and personal to get you to understand. It's like washing stains out of your underwear. Who should do that? You tell me who should do that. I don't think there's enough money you could pay somebody in the world to do that. I think that you fucking should do that yourself. And I feel the same way about these types of attachments. These are very deep, very intimate, very personal, whether it's attraction and and bonding, like bonding a connection with somebody, or it's breaking up, cutting a cord, banishing, et cetera. So there is the soapbox part. I want you to have all of the background information first. And now without further ado, let's kind of chat a little bit about love and attraction as well as breaking up. They say that breaking up is hard to do, but it doesn't have to be with witchcraft. Just kidding. It's probably still going to be hard and emotional. (laughs) Okay. So in color magic, colors can be applied to all kinds of things, whether this is candle color, clothing that you wear, crystals. Um, I mean, seriously, people, it could be the backdrop of a mood board that you're creating. It could be a tablecloth, anything, anytime you can inject a color in there. That's what color magic is. When we're looking at love, we are thinking of heart centric colors, which typically are going to be pink, red, and crimson, green, and white. And I'm still going to put black in there and I'll explain why in a second. I'm going to say white and black for love into the banishing breakup, um, uh, you know, cutting cord category here. We have black. And again, I'm going to also say white here as well as green again, which I found very interesting and purple are also uh, colors that can be associated with banishing and breakups. So pinks and reds for love really stir a lot of that energy and stir a lot of those, those loving vibrations and emotions in us. Green is very, very much associated with and connected to the heart chakra, okay? Green also is the color of the earth. And it is, love is one of those things that make us, us. And so for me, I always associate green with that, that child of the universe, that grounded mother earth, natural, naturally occurring loving energy. Now, I found it interesting that green was considered both a loving and a banishing color because in matters of the heart, very often we're going to use the same colors or the same deities or same correspondences to do the same, to do very opposite, right? To do very opposite types of magic here because in either case, we're dealing with matters of the heart. That's, that's, that's why you see some bridging and some overlap in there. If you want to tap into heart center stuff, whether it's to help the heart release and let go or to help some, attract someone to you or follow your passion or whatever that might be, um, where we can definitely use the color green to unlock that in both scenarios. Now, the reason I said black and white for both is normally white is considered this color of love and black is considered this color of breakup and banishing. 
You can definitely still lean on that and go with that, and that's totally fine. Here's the deal. Number one, white is considered this universal programmable blank slate, and it is, and you can use it for that. I argue, quite honestly, as a Death Witch, as a Scorpio stellium, as just the... (laughs) lover of the color black that I am. Um, I feel the exact same way about the color black. I program and use that color all the time for a universally wide variety of intentions, quite honestly. And absolutely still in matters of love, I associate the color black with sex and with intimacy. And so that's why I don't only categorize it in with breakups and banishing because I think that black can very much also be this very alluring and attractive color that draws people in and vice versa. On the other side, white, especially like think of bright shining light. I use that magic to repel sometimes, like to blind someone away, like shine them away. Okay. And so you just don't always have to label white and black, like white, love, black, evil, get away. No, like both so, so almost like ready and neutral just at all times for whatever it is that you need. So I really always in color magic, I I really include white and black in every single intention. This is very similar concept to one of my favorite herbs, which is basil that we'll get to a little bit later. Basil, I've always called the universal herb because it's It's like a little blank slate, just all around good one. So those are some different colors that you can kind of start uh, uh, thinking of and associating with these different concepts. You can incorporate that into your intentions, into your ritual work. Now on to crystals. So crystal magic is something that I'd love to continue talking more about here. And actually, if you'd like, um, let me know if you'd like me to do a crystal magic episode two, and we could dive a little bit deeper into specifically working with crystals. But many of you already do very, very regularly. And so I wanted to include some of those in here for you. With, let's see, under love, most of us already know, rose quartz. Rose quartz is definitely the most popular love stone, if I had to say. And it is very, very effective. For me, rose quartz, I associate it with and use it most effectively for my self-love. I don't use rose quartz in like relationship love type of work or even friendship necessarily. Um, It would be a wonderful, wonderful crystal to use in your branding and that kind of attraction in business attracting um, because it does have this really natural purity and and ethic of intention to it, quite honestly. That's why I really use rose quartz for the, the soft side of love. I also really like using agate and jasper because these are both very associated with the earth element. All crystals are, at least on some level, considered part of the earth element because it came from the earth. But each crystal also can be associated with another element like fire, air, water. And jasper and agate, because of the way that they form in the earth, they are considered some of the heaviest, strongest earth vibration stones. And so I love using those kind of stones in sex magic because that is that is activating the the root chakra that's really activating like our inner raw human nature and instincts and drive okay and so that's why i really like some of um the jaspers and the agates that you can get your hands on and then you also can just go with pink and red or crimson stones and as well as green stones so aventurine is a wonderful heart and love stone. And then also a really, really powerful and effective attractant is moonstone. Definitely has lots of alluring qualities about it. Its counterpart, labradorite, uh, actually very effective for the same thing. And labradorite is a good 
a little segue into our banishing stones here because Labradorite is wonderful. It is kind of the little witch's assistant stone. Both Labradorite and Moonstone have, and they're both uh, forms of feldspar, they both have opalescent qualities to them. You know, they, you, you can move them and they appear to have those like beautiful shining rainbow qualities to them. So both of them have the ability to activate and balance and harmonize all of the chakras since technically they contain the full spectrum of color. Um, but Labradorite specifically, and both of them really empower from different areas and activate different strengths within all of us so that honestly, both Moonstone and Labradorite could be used super across the board, either in this love column and attraction column here or in this breakup column, because both I find to be stones of empowerment in general. And that's why they can be so beneficial in either, either case here. Now, the other big thing with breakup stones is definitely any of the black stones like obsidian, black tourmaline, onyx. Um, these are all some of the most highly protective stones and anything that is really strongly associated with protection, you're going to be able to banish with it as well. Now, moving into some astro tips that I have for you. So these are energies and areas of the astrological chart that you can use as inspiration to get more information and just widen your, your understanding and perception of all of this. But you can also apply all this knowledge to your chart and explore these different themes and energies in your, in your chart as well. If you wanted to do any kind of uh, shadow work or introspective work or just deepen your understanding of yourself or somebody else or a relationship. You could use two different charts and do a synastry chart is what that's called. And uh, these are some of the planetary bodies and some of the houses, just some astro tips and, and uh, guides I have for you. So when it comes to love, we can be working with the moon, Venus, uh, Mars, and Mercury. Again, we can definitely apply. Honestly, we could put the whole wheel, the whole astrological wheel under both love and this breakup column here. But to get really, really specific and to kind of narrow down the moon being our emotional experience, Venus being this goddess and ruler over love, arts, and beauty, and therefore so much of our relationships uh, fall within that, that realm. Mars being our planet of action and drive, and therefore our our instincts are there, our lusts are there, our passion is there, and our sex drive is there as well. And then Mercury, this is how we speak. This is how we hear. This is how we hear others. This is how we get our message out. This is how we interact. This is a huge, huge part of these types of magic, of anything to do with attaching or detaching. There's usually some type of communication that goes in with this. So Mercury is definitely uh, one to familiarize yourself with in this realm or someone that you can, or a planetary energy that you can call on and ask for assistance in these matters. You can also look at the fifth, and the eighth house for specifically more intimate and sensual and sex-related type of love magic and energy. Um, fifth house is going to be more the really raw pleasure side of sensuality and sexuality and sex magic. And then the eighth house, this is going to be more of intimacy, really merging. These are very long-term attachments. Um we could see a lot of casual sex in the fifth house and a lot of long-term sex in the eighth house. 
neither are superior necessarily to the other. Both serve different purposes. It depends on what you're looking for. So those are a couple of houses there. And then obviously um, the seventh house of partnerships is going to be a really main area. This is where a house where many of our relationships beyond romance lie for us, um, including even business partnerships. So again, this is a really, really beneficial area to look at and understand better about how you operate, the other person operates, or again, just to in general kind of widen your perspective and well of knowledge in, in all of this arena. And I did want to at least give a little mention to the 11th house. This is the house of community and friendship. So there is still um, some of these qualities that we find there of love and attraction. And so I think that the 11th house had to be mentioned. As far as kind of ideal moon phases to be working with or under or those moon powers to harness and charge maybe some of these crystals with or to do a ritual beneath, definitely a waxing moon. When we're attracting or drawing something to us, we are thinking waxing or building moon. So the waxing period is all the way from the new moon to the full moon. And then uh, the new moon and the full moon themselves are both wonderful for attraction, love, um, manifesting, any, any of those themes. New moons being death and rebirth, endings and beginnings. Um, this is a probably the best moon. Well, the new moon and the full moon, in my opinion, are, they both have majorly beneficial reasons to practice love and sex magic within both of them. I think that we tend to think of the full moon for this, but I don't want you to forget about the new moon. That deep, dark time is very much associated with sex and like deep, intimate love and attachments and things like that. So new moon is still a very prime character here in love spells. And on the flip side, when we're banishing, when we are breaking up, when we're cord cutting, um, this is going to be the waning moon phase. Okay. So from the full moon to the next new moon, when the moon is getting smaller to the naked eye, that is when, um, we want to do banishing and things like that, or, or repel or, or move away from things. And then again, for the same reasons, honestly, the full and the new moon are going to work just as well for, for the banishing, uh, and the, and the cord cutting category here, because under the full moon, we release so there's that. It's a wonderful time to like, let that shit go, push it away from you and be done and move on. And then new moon is a wonderful time as well to start anew, really reflect on what that experience has been for you um, with this other person or with this other thing and um, do that deep, dark and introspective work. That's really, really necessary to rebirth yourself and start anew on the other side of this detachment or on the other side of this banishment. Now, deities that you can work with in matters of love and attraction are going to be Venus, Aphrodite, Diana, Freya, Hathor, Inanna, Ishtar, Isis. These are not complete lists. These are just some good solid places to start and deities to start working with. You can even just use them as inspiration. And when you start going down a little rabbit hole online, you'll find other similar deities to them for breaking up, for banishing, for, for cutting those cords. Hecate, absolutely. Lilith, wonderful. Medusa, the Morrigan, and Hera. These are all going to be some good energies to, to, ask for assistance from, to learn from, to, to ask for their wisdom, uh, whether it's in divination or assistance in an actual ritual. Finally, just wanted to give you a really brief idea of some different herbs associated with each one. Under our love category, we have the ever so obvious roses. Um, you can choose color based on your intention or your intuition. Um, but obviously pink and red are very, very popular and common to use in love spells. But roses, lavender, poppy. So that can be poppy the flower, but you could actually substitute and use poppy seeds. 
spearmint, not peppermint. Okay. Spearmint has this natural sweetness. And so we add in when we have sweet, we're kind of attracting something. If you want to help remember sweet and sugar is like sticky. And so it'll like stick to you. Okay. So it'll like stick around and salt is very much salt, the snail, right? So that's good. We use salt a lot to like get rid of things um, and neutralize and cleanse. So sweet, we're going to kind of put in the love and attraction column here. Um, So spearmint falls under the more sweet side of things. And when it comes to the mint family, strawberries and pomegranates are both very much uh, associated with matters of the heart, love, intimacy, sex, pomegranates being the fruit and one of the foods of the underworld. Um, we are definitely going to be in a very intimate setting when it comes to incorporating pomegranates into, into your work. Okay. And then, like I said, basil, basil is one of the strongest, most effective attractants. This is why basil is used in so many money and abundance and better business spells because they say the alluring aroma of basil will attract anything of you, anything of your desires to it. Okay. So you just tell the basil what you want it to attract for you and bada bing, bada boom. Now, basil, again, like I said, I call it the universal herb. It's very similar to the colors black and white. It's very similar to clear quartz. Okay. The crystal that is uh, essentially a blank programmable slate for you. Um, basil can definitely still be used to amplify your, your powers in general. And so you could still use it in banishing or cord cutting if you felt really, really called to. But the, the herbs that I most associate, and again, in both columns in all of these categories, these lists are seriously so, so long, but I picked out some of my favorites that I use. So, um, when it comes to banishing and cord cuttings, definitely garlic. Think of keeping the vampires away. Literally. Do you have an energy vampire in your life? Garlic, incorporate garlic into your work. Uh, mugwort, wonderful. Peppermint. So just like spearmint was our little sweetener, right? kind of our attracting side of the mint family, peppermint, that spicy kick, little kick in the pants, if you will. Uh, It's a good purifier and definitely a good banisher. And then, and also has a little hustle to it because of that spice. Um, Elder tree and cypress trees, uh, both as trees of the underworld, very much associated with death and endings. So wonderful for banishing things away. No, you're not going to kill somebody. That's not the type of magic you're doing. So no. When we think of death, we think of death to an attachment, death to a relationship, death to a collaboration, right? Death to a pattern. That's why we use some death associations in banishing work. Then uh, probably one of the most popular is going to be valerian root. So valerian root can be substituted and used for or in graveyard dirt, which is just a really effective way to banish keep somebody away from you. Uh, Valerian root, if you have ever been near it, it reeks. It smells so bad. So again, it's something that repels and keep thing, keeps things away from you. And so since so many people for so many centuries, well, more than that, have had all of these fears of witches, I, I really believe that we started using some of those those harmful associations as ways to protect ourselves. You associated us with graves and graveyards, but, but twisted it and turned it into, you know, that, I don't know, we were raising the dead and, and having them do all of our evil bidding or whatever. No, graveyard dirt is sacred dirt because it's a place where we go to bury our loved ones after they're gone. And so holding that, it's also the place where life takes place or where things germinate, seeds germinate and grow and sprout from. And so dirt is in general, one of the most powerful things that you can use in magic in general. When we turn it into 
and use it as graveyard dirt. We're using it with this intention of heavy, heavy protection, um, big regenerative and rebirth uh, uses and powers, and also in, in, in banishing and protection like this, okay? So as far as resources go, when it comes to all of this stuff, here's what I want to let you know. Just kind of like we talked about last time at the end of the Kitchen Magic episode, there is not really a good one-stop shop. There are lots of people that have written books on, on love spells and love magic. And I really encourage you to look into those titles that call you. Don't forget to like read reviews and see what other people have to say and give it a try. Again, I always, um, always advise giving your library a shot. A lot of libraries you can do electronically. You don't even have to go in. You can do the whole thing on your phone, check out books on your phone, the whole nine. And that way you can try stuff out without purchasing it. There's lots of witches groups online, especially on Facebook and stuff where people do book swaps and things like that. You could organize your own book swap online or with your friends or your coven. And so there are lots of ways to kind of widen your resources uh, especially of books without feeling like you have to break the bank. Um, but I still encourage you to, to use a lot of these correspondences as good starting points for research as well. Okay, so you can literally type things like using mugwort in a banishing spell, using rose quartz in a love spell. You can type these things in and see what kinds of websites come up you don't have to use that person's exact blog post, but go to their blog, see what's on their blog, see what they write about. Get into a little bit of a click hole, you know what I mean? And and really take your research into your own hands because there is no credible source fact-checking witchcraft place that like makes sure that there's really good, solid, quality education and information being put out there. It's just a bunch of people similar to me doing their best, doing their own research and giving back what they can out into the internet, into the sphere like this. And the cycle keeps going from there. So a lot, a lot of you ask for really specific book titles and stuff. And really often I don't have, I don't have a love magic book that I love specifically. If you do, I would love for you to send that to me and I'll share it on the show and share it with everybody. If you ever have a book that I haven't mentioned or shared on, on here that just changed your witchcraft and changed your life and changed your magic, please submit that. That's definitely something to submit to my contact form, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjure that witch. And let me know your favorite sources, whether it's a book title, an author, a blog writer, an account on Instagram or social media. I love gathering that up and adding it to that big resources page for everybody. You can also hop on to the resources page in my different blog posts, um, like the Kitchen Magic blog post from last time. You'll also find the love and breakup post. You can comment on there and add your feedback or add your questions or add your suggestions, okay? I want this, and it already so is, and I just love seeing all of you connect with each other outside of the show, outside of the neighborhood, or, you know, outside of the neighborhood with each other. We ha- we all have so much to offer each other. What has your experience been? Have you done love spells? Do you mostly do self-love work? Have you ever done a banishing ritual for a harmful ex or a harmful uh, friend that you used to have that is no longer? Um, I would love to hear from you. Let's all, let's all share in it together because we all feel so alone and like we don't have the, the information to us when really, when we all come together, wow, do we have so much to offer one another? It's really amazing. So I hope that this opened your mind a little bit heading into this Valentine's Day weekend. I hope that um, maybe we even shifted perspectives a little bit here today around both love and attracting spells and banishing and breakup spells as well. Um, I love all of you. This was a really, really fun one to do. I am just having a freaking blast in season two already. 
Don't forget to check out Moonday Musings. It comes out every Monday now. Uh, The one that comes out on Valentine's Day, like I said, is really, really amazing in prep for that Leo full moon in particular, in prep for uh, Pisces season that we're entering into just a week from today, y'all. So make sure you check that out. Don't forget to subscribe and download and follow the show, of course. Don't forget, if you love what we've been doing here and learning about all this magic and how to apply it to your real life and how to apply it to your business and career, you're gonna wanna be in that witch school. Uh, I'm going to start releasing uh, more and more details around the membership, the pricing, what it entails, all of that uh, as we keep nearing the launch day here, which is March 21st. We are so close. So make sure you're on the wait list. You're going to get a super, super amazing uh, special gift and offer for being on the wait list on launch day. And you're amazing. Go out there. Go practice your modern love work. Okay, everybody? Let's do this. Have fun. Don't forget to stay safe. Stay magical out there. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, You Magical Human You. I am so appreciative of every single download and play of the show. If you like what you heard here today and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star rating as well as a nice review. If you do enjoy what we talk about here, I would be pretty willing to bet that you would also really, really like my pre-show tarot reading that I do exclusively on YouTube for pretty much every single episode, which is twice a week. So head over to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to my channel, That Witch Next Door. If you're interested in working with me, I offer some really awesome one-on-one services. I do astrology for personal growth and soul development. I also offer one-on-one business mentoring sessions as well. You can find out more about booking, schedule, and the cost by going to my website at witchnextdoor.com services. If you're interested in a long-term growth and transformation program, really working with a mentor one-on-one to grow not only your life and your business, but your spirituality and your witchcraft, it sounds like my Think and Grow Witch Mentorship might just be for you. You can head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash mentorship to apply for that now. I only work with a maximum of two, maybe three mentorship clients at one time to devote my full and complete energy to this incredible program. I also offer payment plans on all, yes, all of my one-on-one services, including one-off single sessions. So never hesitate to reach out to me with that. I am very, very happy to work with your budget. If you are interested in taking this podcast into your hands and really running with it to learn and grow more of your spirituality and your witchcraft, you will want to be on the wait list for that witch school. That witch school is going to be a monthly membership that has big quarterly lessons and courses, trainings, spell work, recipes, tarot spreads, journal prompts, homework, exercises. We're going to have live classes and events. We're going to have an online community for support and growth and accountability. You're also going to have access to site-wide discounts on my services, as well as my merch shop when we open later this year. And early access to episodes. Anyone in that witch school is going to get 24 hours early access to all podcast episodes. You don't want to miss this. It's all of this and so much more. I cannot wait to see you there. Get to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash thatwitchschool and sign up for that wait list. We start spring 2022.